Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good call, Key. Good What'd call. What you think? Good Tuesday morning. It certainly is in Las Vegas where morning tends to meld into night 24-7, 365. So here are the numbers, fellas. The Raiders got a $2 billion stadium. Gruden's waking up this morning at 317 or whenever he gets up with a million-dollar smile. The $100 million man for the Saints did not play, as Key referenced his nephew, Michael Thomas. And that sets the scene Week two of the NFL season done. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line Key. We started the show August 17th, but even before that in our rehearsals, when we all first met each other for the first time, one of the biggest things you kept on saying is, when are we going to talk about the Raiders? Not just the team, not just the game, but everything that goes along with it. The move, the fans, the legacy, and the nostalgia. It only seemed right that they played, that organization of Madden, of Davis, of all these people, of Art Shell, a guy people don't realize unless you're of age, that that was the team that played on the 50th anniversary of Monday Night Football and opened their $2 billion stadium with the W. $2 billion. That stadium is $2 billion mm. when the Rams is five. I don't know how that, <laughs> Sophie, you know, yeah, like, stadium, five yeah, billion, what's, the, yeah. what's the difference? And they look both look gorgeous. But I think when you talk about Vegas, the Raiders, it all makes sense. The only thing that's missing there last night were the fans, right? If it, if that would have been like the perfect Monday night situation, if the fans were in the stands going nuts, the, the strip was going crazy, the Raiders pull that win off, people miss work again today, <laughs> fly in late tonight, tomorrow morning to get back to their jobs. When you talk about Raider football, it's one of those deals where growing up in Los Angeles, being able to watch from the West Coast, the Raiders in L.A. as well as the Raiders in Oakland – the fans in a black hole was part of it. That was missing last night. That's the only thing. Otherwise, it was a perfect game. Interesting, though, that we, you know, we're week two of football. Basketball's been going on for a while in the bubble. Same with MLS to a degree. And and that was the game last night with the Oakland Raiders. I mean, that's, that's high high stakes for the Oakland Raider fans, right? That, that was the first time that we're sitting there. Because I, I kind of felt the same way as you, Key, watching that game. I just... The environment seemed like it was just – I was envisioning it in my own mind, closing my eyes, that it would be so different if you actually had the black hole there. Yeah, it would have been different in, in just looking at and understanding what the Raiders did for so long trying to get a new stadium. I mean, they tried in Oakland for many years. They almost came back to L.A. You know, I thought they were going to be back in L.A. and it would have been the Rams and the Raiders opposed to the Chargers. That didn't work out. They struck a deal – with Vegas got that deal done and the fans, you know, they were against it a little bit, but I think, you know, Vegas, again, Vegas, the Raider fans from Oakland and LA, easy flight on Southwest coming in from all over the place. Raiders is a, that's a huge, huge brand. And then a display, a win on national TV against new Orleans. That was down. Michael Thomas and Drew Brees was trying to do whatever he could do to keep them alive, but it did not work. Speaks volumes in front of our eyes to be able to see, the Raiders climbing back, you know, if, if you know, it's like the Cowboys, the Raiders, um, the Giants, you know, Green Bay, when those New England, when those teams are good, the Pittsburgh. NFL, Pittsburgh, the, the NFL yeah. is big. I'll no. tell you one thing, too. My dad's initials are DW. And last night, walking away from that game, I'm like, yeah, Darren Waller. <laughs> I know Key's been talking about you. But, yeah, I see you all 6'6", 240 pounds a year, just operating. The versatility key that he had, that they can use him, it, it was just, I mean, it was a thing of beauty watching him play. It, it was. But, you know, one thing, I, and I was, was playing. No, 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 no. Okay, you said but. <laughs> but, I know, I was saying one thing I was playing in my mind as I was watching the game along the lines, and I was thinking 
of the West Coast system, something that I played in with John Gruden in Tampa Bay, is that all West Coast systems have a mm. dominant tight end. You can go all the way back to uh, the San Francisco 49ers and Steve Young and Joe Montana when it was Brett Jones, the tight end. Uh, you could go to uh, Green Bay with, with Holmgren when it was Keith Jackson and, and Mark Tremura, mm-hmm. the tight end. I mean, you could just go around and think about the tight ends in these systems. You can go to Kansas City and you can look at Kelsey with Andy Reid that runs a very similar system with Patrick Mahomes. You've got to have a tight end in these systems that are quarterback friendly to be able to get things done the way that you need to. 12 catches, a little bit over 100 yards, a touchdown. And everything was methodical with Derek Carr leading the charge. And when you look at Derek Carr at the quarterback spot, there's a lot of questions on what he was in John Gruden's system. Two straight years, over 4,000 yards in the air, three years removed from possibly being an MVP candidate when he hurt his back. The Raiders were in the playoffs. They go down to Houston. They lose to the Texans. And then everybody's like, Derek Carr can't play anymore. Next year, Jack Del Rio out. Coach John Gruden in. He gives this narrative to the to the world that Derek Carr is not worthy of being the starting quarterback for the Raiders. And everybody kind of ran with it. He never said it. He just kind of dangled it out yeah. in front of you type media people, Zubin. You type. And, and, <laughs> and everybody kind of, no, and everybody ran with it, right? They all just jumped on it and said, oh, Derek Carr, oh, they hit, John Gruden doesn't like Derek Carr. Because John made some comments along okay. the way, and it made it seem as though Derek Carr wasn't worthy of being the Raiders quarterback. But Derek Carr also had time to throw the ball. I know we're going to be talking about Carson Wentz, and you talk about their old line being, you know, depleted. How about this stat? The Raiders have far and away the most cap money sunk into their offensive line. They're built from the team that's from front to back. Nearly $57 million they are paying their linemen this year is $8 million more than the next most. Well, $8 million more. So as a Giants fan, I'm like, let's just build from the front back. I see the way that John Gruden and this company does it. How come other teams can't do it that way? Well, other teams do do it that way. They spend money on they the offensive They spend money, line. but not the right money. But you got to find the right players, and you got to have the right coach to coach them up. One of the things that John Gruden was able to do is bring back Tom Cable as his offensive line coach. And, and Tom Cable's a pretty good offensive line coach, former head coach of the Raiders. Remember that when he did the little sucker punch to the assistant coach? Um it's just one of those deals where when you have a great offensive line coach, your offensive line is going to be dominant across the board. And, and Jeff Saturday can speak to that, as well as Damon Woody can speak to that. They've had great offensive line coaches in their careers, and the offensive line has always been stout. It gives Derek Carr the opportunity to deliver the football in sync to a, a, a Henry Ruggs or a Nelson Aguilar or even Jacobs out of the backfield or Waller, any of mm. these guys, or Renfro, any of these guys that they have that they need to distribute the ball to, it gives them that time. So, therefore, the quarterback has the confidence. When you're talking about other teams like a Carson Wentz staring down the gun barrel, spooked because he knows that any minute he could get hit, or Daniel Jones at any minute – you can get hit or Saquon Barkley in the backfield with the offensive lineman sitting in his lap because they're being pushed. So when you have an offensive line that you pay a lot of money to, you also got to have a coach that can coach him up. It just also felt like Drew Brees and company. Well, Drew Brees didn't find his rhythm, but mostly due to the fact that the time they spent off the field due to the way John Gruden and this team plays, just pounding the ball one possession after a time and just working the ball down the field. Well, I think, I think it, it, look all the way around, it was a good game. Uh, Drew Brees significantly, and this is not just because it's my nephew, but it is at the same time because, you know, um, missed Mikey, Mikey, Michael Thomas. I keep forgetting he's 
can't say Mikey. He's a grown man yeah, now. Yes. <laughs> he's still Mikey. He's still Mikey. When you look at some of the balls that Drew threw in, in the area of the wide receivers, it's about the catch mm. radius. Mm. And when you had guys like Marcus Coaston for so many years, catch radius. Or you had Jimmy Graham for years, catch radius. Now you have Michael Thomas, huge catch radius. It makes the quarterback look even better than what he is. And now Drew Brees, Hall of Fame, looks great, was great regardless. But when you add that other level of wide receiver, those passes that you look at and you go, wow, that was a great throw. Not necessarily the, the receiver made that catch. Some things when you look last night, I was, I was in particular looking at one where he tried to zip it into Emmanuel Sanders and it got away. And the first thing I said was, that's an easy catch for Mikey. That's routine because of the catch radius. One thing we should quickly mention, just with Carr and Gruden, it was a great story that made a lot of people chuckle, but I think Derek Carr took it seriously. When John Gruden moved to Las Vegas, knowing the organization was going to move there, he bought a huge plot of land. And you know who bought the lot right next to him? Carr. Derek Carr. Because Derek Carr said, we're going to be tied at the hip. I know you're always looking to upgrade at the quarterback position. You're always pushing your QBs, like Key said, but I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to be with you, and we're going to do this journey in Las Vegas together. So I thought that was just a cool a little story. A quick reminder, the Raiders' new stadium in Vegas gives the NFL and the Raiders a fresh look. A fresh look is brought to you by Sport Clips. It's a new season at Sport Clips. Haircuts, all stylists are clean certified, and guys smart. Still to come, Jay kind of touched on it. Drew Brees, 41, but is he 41 and done, or are we overreacting after one night without his top wide receiver? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Expanding on their lead is an instructive point because they were actually down 10 nothing right out of the gate. Then they rallied, then they took over, tied at the half, and they really opened it up 
in the second half. Steve Levy on ESPN's Monday Night Football. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Key, here's the straight truth. Yeah, he didn't have Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, his top receiver, maybe the best receiver in the NFL, but he did spread it around to eight different guys last night, including Alvin Kamara, but the numbers were what they were. 26 for 38 on the surface, this looks good, but this is why you got to watch the games, right? 26 for 38 for 312 doesn't seem that bad, but if you watched him, he's not throwing the ball down the field at all, and he, at times, even though it's just one game and Tom Brady looked every bit of 43 about a week and a half ago, Drew Brees at times looked every bit of 41. Well, the, the key thing about to me, that I take away from this, he wasn't sacked, right? I mean, it just he dropped back 38 times, wasn't touched, wasn't sacked. So when I start to look at where the struggles were is when you are used to doing something and then all of a sudden it's different when Michael Thomas is not on the field, you're accustomed to having that security blanket where you know when you go through your progressions and your reads that you can find him. You know he's there. Oh, he's right there. I know he's going to be there. I could pull the trigger and deliver it. A lot of times you look at the zip on some of Drew Brees' passes and you sit there and you say, well, he's lost his fastball some. I don't think that that's the case. He's never really had a strong arm like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always had a decent arm. Nothing, nothing, you know, we're not talking about Vinny Testaverde fire through a hose arm. That's not what we're saying. He's been very accurate. And a lot of that is due to the fact that he could deliver the football in rhythm but also with the targets that he's had, whether it's been Coasted in the past or Jimmy Graham or Michael Thomas now, where guys have an amazing catch radius and they pretty much can catch the ball wherever it's thrown. Real quick, we want to mention your thoughts on Drew Brees. Drew Brees had his thoughts, this narrative that he's sort of heading in the wrong direction, as you might expect, that's not something he's paying attention to right now. My job is to execute the offense, right? And so... um, I'll, uh, I, I think I've, I've, I've always evaluated myself on being a great decision maker. And so at the end of the day, um, I'm going to throw the ball to the open guy, move the ball down the field, score points, help us win football games. You know, so that's my job. My job is not to have the most air yards or throw the ball down the field the most or anything like that. Uh, my job is to help us win. My job is to help put everybody around me in the best position to succeed. And um, that's all I'm focused on. It's okay. I saw a lot of checkdowns, a lot of underneath routes last night thrown. I, 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 the the stat line was obviously helped on one of the last drives where he went seven for seven. Obviously made a big time run. But I have a question for you guys though: Like, does Drew Brees need to be great all the time in order for this team to win a Super Bowl? Or does he just need to have great moments? Right. It, it seems like at times he's very look. He's not going to throw the ball down the field a lot unless he has those. Why those targets that you were talking about? Obviously, your nephew, Michael, when you, when you think about it. But at the same time, though, Key, doesn't he just need to be serviceable? Like, you, you have weapons, right? So, say I know they lost this game, and I don't think he's going to play this way every single time. But he's still going to be serviceable. And as long as he continues to get better in time, like we said, no preseason, they're still going to be there. Yeah, they are going to be there in the end. But they were out of – you could tell that they were out of, out of sync. sync. That's what I'm saying. They this, were not smooth running – 
and operating. But if, we're also in week two. I hear you talk about this all the time. Yeah, I, I just don't want people in the extreme world to be like, well, is it, you know, it's, hey, we're over Drew Brees and Jameis Winston is sitting there saying, hey, I'm coming next. Like, let's just all take a pause for a second. We're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes, we're talking about no preseason, not a lot of re- preseason, not a lot of reps. Like, Drew Brees is going to be okay. This team is going yeah, to be not, okay. I'm not worried about Drew Brees, Drew Brees at all. Like I said, you're missing one of your top targets. And when you're missing somebody that is essentially your security blanket, you know he's going to be in the precise spot that he's supposed to be in at all times. It sometimes could trickle down and affect your thought process because you're looking at a different body in that spot. And you're saying to yourself, okay, I got to get this guy the ball. Yeah, he's spreading around. It wasn't all going to one guy like most of the time, but it still changes the quarterback's mindset when he's underneath that center. By the way, it's a short week for, obviously, the Raiders. They'll be in New England. It's also a short week for the Saints. And if you want this narrative to continue, he could debunk it if he goes and knocks off Aaron Rodgers on Mm. Sunday Night Football. That's actually up next for the New Orleans Saints. They got the Green Bay Packers coming to town. And what's so crazy, just so that you know, the doctor who's examining my nephew is the team doctor of the Green Bay Packers. Is that Oh, that's so right, because he was taking the trip he, to Green Bay. He right? gives the sign-off on whether or not he can play. <laughs> How about that? That's an interesting little wrinkle before Green Bay and New Orleans face-off in the Bayou on Sunday night football, and the talk about Breeze is going to continue all the way up to Sunday night, especially because the other stud QB is turning back the clock the first two weeks, and he looks absolutely terrific. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Still to come. All right, so... Breeze is 41, but to Jay's point, it could just be one game. Carson Wentz is only 27, so age is certainly not an excuse for him. What in the world is happening to the Eagle signal caller, and when could we possibly see any sighting of Jalen Hurts? That's on the way with Sal Palantonio, who's been with the Birds for over 25 years reporting on them. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's get right to the Shell Pennzoil performance line. A pleasure to welcome in Sal Palantonio. The Eagles are mightily struggling. Sal, they're an 0-2 team. And I guess the big question that everybody around the Eagles nation wants to know, why haven't we seen Wentz take the next step as their franchise QB? You know, that's an interesting question. I you have to look at last the end of last year. Everybody thought that he took the next step, right? When they won four games straight, 
and snuck into the playoffs. And they did it basically on Carson Wentz's back. He was playing with Boston Scott. He was playing with Greg Ward. He was playing with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Uh, he didn't have uh, all of the uh, complement of his starting wide receivers and running backs, but they still got into the playoffs, and he had a magnificent performance down the stretch. But Zubin, it pains me to say this right now, but you know the Eagles are the worst team in the NFC. Right now, they're the worst team in the conference. They're minus 28 in point differential. Uh, Doug Peterson is only one of four coaches to make the playoffs in three straight years going into this year. So they have to figure out what is the problem, and the problem starts absolutely with Carson Wentz. And, you know, you look at him, his footwork is way off. His throws are way off. As as, uh, has been pointed out by ESPN Stats and Information, which I think is a very telling number. And and when you look at it in the eye test and you just watch film, he's got 20 off-target throws, most in the NFL. 15 of those 20 off-target throws are in a clean pocket, not under pressure, not under duress. So there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there with his mechanics and with his accuracy and then his decision making, right? I mean I mean, Key, the thing I learned most from Bill Parcells about the quarterback position, and I, I sat in his office for many, many times, was that the job of the quarterback is to do two things. Get the team in the end zone and win the football game. That's it. Those two things. And he throws that interception on first and 10 in the third quarter when he marches downfield. And that throw was late. That throw was in double teamed. This J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was being double covered. And that was a poor decision. And here's the thing. you know, a lot, Because I'm not allowed in the locker room this year, I rely a lot on what I see on the field pre and post snap. What's the dynamics going on? And it's important to really watch carefully. And when Carson Wentz came off the field, no one talked to him. When he came to the bench, hmm. there was no patting him on the helmet. Uh, Yo, dog, we're going to get you next time. Don't worry about it. We got you back. But don't, there was none of that. There was no chatter. There was no conversation. There was no interaction with him until he went to one of the coaches and got the tablet to look at the play. And that was very telling to me. You know what that means, Sal? That means that they're getting and growing tired with Carson Wentz at the quarterback spot. And with that being said, the offensive line obviously hasn't played up to snuff. They've been somewhat decimated with injuries and moving guys around on the offensive line. And because of that, how soon, how likely – or are we to see a young quarterback that they drafted in the second round in Jalen Hurts? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I know they activated him last week. They used him as a decoy in a couple of plays, and both of them were pretty successful. Um, but when they drafted him, they drafted him with the intention of using him on the field. Uh, you know, obviously it was a different training camp. It was a truncated training camp. He couldn't have any kind of preseason game, so that made it much more difficult to incorporate any kind of you know, crazy new idea to your offense, such as bringing Taysom Hill-like player and Jalen Hurts and put him on the field, a la what Drew Brees and Sean Payton do in New Orleans Saints. But you're asking me, behind center, taking the snaps, hey, hey, Key, that's an enormous 
an enormous admission of a mistake that you made, right? You just gave this guy a hundred million plus. You anointed him the franchise quarterback. A year later, you're telling your team, you're telling your organization, you're telling your fan base, you're telling the whole world, oops, we made a big mistake here. But, you know, here's, let me give you another part of the answer, and that is this. I was there. I covered the Eagles game in 2008 in Baltimore when Andy Reid took his Pro Bowl quarterback off the field after he threw an interception. I'm talking about Donovan McNabb. He mm-hmm. benched Donovan McNabb. Remember that? Yep. I was going to get Remember to that, that, but you got there for me. Right. right. So he benched Donovan McNabb. So, uh, listen, and that's Donovan McNabb we're talking about now. And they had also given him $100 million. And we're talking about a guy that Andy Reid drafted, just like Carson Wentz was drafted by Doug Peterson. So, uh, you know, there's nothing really prote- – there shouldn't be anything that protects Carson Wentz from getting benched. If Donovan may have been acting or benched by Andy Reid, then Carson Wentz certainly can get benched or should be able to get benched by, by Doug Peterson. There's no question about that. So, Sal, what do you think a reasonable timetable would be if Wentz continues to play with this type of lack of zest? Right, They play the Bengals coming up next, then at 49ers, at Steelers, then versus Ravens. Mm. <laughs> wow. Well, if you lose to the Bengals at home, <laughs> uh, even though there'll be no fans in the stands, uh, you'll be able to hear the boos in South Philadelphia coming out of the row homes. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can tell you that. Now, you know, since 2018, Jay Will, the Eagles are 15 and 14 in Carson Wentz's starts. They are a five, basically a 500 team. They're basically a 500 team. And after he threw that interception, next day, what did Doug Peterson say yesterday about the interception? Unacceptable. Yep. Now, after your coach or your boss says your behavior or your performance is unacceptable. The next step is you're fired. You're benched. There, there is, you know, you don't pass go and collect 200 after that. Mm. Monopoly reference there by Sal Palantonio. <laughs> wanted, to, <laughs> wanted to quickly mention, um, right now they're 0-2. Um, do you think they can rally and make the playoffs? I know it's early, but do you kind of feel like the odds aren't, favorable to 0-2 teams making the playoffs, but do you sort of feel like this team has enough moxie to rally? Do they have enough talent is the question. Moxie and and will is one thing. It's hard to measure that. Hard to measure that when you're not in the locker room. I'll be honest with you. Reporting in the NFL this year is tougher because we're not in the locker room day to day. We're not looking at the players in the eye, talking to them one-on-one reading their body language after the game, uh, talking to them after the cameras leave. I mean, you know, Keith's Keith seeing me in the locker room. I wait till the cameras go. I put my notebook away. I'll sit down and, uh, next to them, and, and, and they'll say, what's up? Can't do that this year. Hard to find out. I can't find out what's going on behind the scenes in terms of, uh, of the will and the want to. So I can only judge on, on the talent and the production and what I see on the field. And what I see right now is they have a lot to fix. And we haven't even talked about the defense. But the NFC looks NFC East looks wide open, right, Zubin? It looks like, you know, maybe, year, maybe, 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 maybe. Okay. All right. The, Cow- maybe. the Cowboys may have turned the corner. They may have turned the corner. That's why I say maybe. 
They may have turned the corner. What? Yeah, I love that Sal just and, laughed and, at you. <laughs> and, uh, after, after that little squib kick, the Falcons gave him well, that you, little gift. Hey, Come Sal, on, you you know you know victories like that change organizations, though. Yeah, but that well, who are they playing next week? They got Seattle. Where? So they go they go up to Seattle. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's no twelfth man going? though. There's no twelfth man. Where are they going next week? They're going to Seattle. They're playing dangerous. Best best quarterback in the NFL right now? Okay, so the, the NFC East is wide open, Key. It's wide open. No, it, it is. <laughs> it is wide open. The Giants could come back and win it, too. Did you just say that? No, I'm messing yeah, with you. Yeah, I'm, messing, I'm messing with Jay. I wasn't, so I, I wasn't even going to let him get a reaction qual- from me. I qualify for a response from me right <laughs> exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Sal, it's been an interesting start to the season for sure, and we should mention that Doug Peterson's got to figure it out because the one little stat about the NFC East that a lot of people have talked about, he's the veteran. Every other coach is in his first year on the job, whether it's Ron Rivera, whether it's Joe Judge, or whether it's Mike McCarthy, and they're going to get a little bit of leeway. But right now, for a guy that's brought a Super Bowl to town, there's a lot of pressure on what a team that Sal says is right now the worst in its conference. Very interesting perspective this morning. Sal, thank you so much. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh-huh. Thanks, Sal. Great to have Sal with us. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin reminding you it's all about ESPN Audio at home via your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at home brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance. Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. I want to ask you this, but just about a couple of years ago, there was a report out there by the Philly Voice. It's like an alternative newspaper in Philadelphia. A lot of big cities have those weeklies you can grab on the corner for free and all that. It's not the Philadelphia Inquirer, the mainstream publication, but it got a lot of run a couple of years ago, just under two years ago, when a bunch of anonymous sources came out and essentially said that even though Carson Wentz comes off as North Dakota nice and this and that, that he was, quote, Selfish. That was the big mm. term. Mm-hmm. Anonymous teammates taking shots at him. I'm not saying it's right, it's wrong. I'm not casting aspersions. I'm not there. Even somebody as close as Sal isn't in the locker room. But it does seem to be chipping away at the veneer of Carson Wentz just a little bit. He's not the guy maybe you think he is. Now maybe he's not the quarterback you think he is. Just take me inside the mind of a, of a you know, look, you were, a, it, you were a type A guy. He's a big time guy. How does that affect somebody? It does, well, you're speaking to me, it wouldn't affect me at all. But in terms of him, I think when you look at it, there's smoke, there's, you know. Where there's, there's smoke, yeah, there's fire. There's, there's a little bit of fire there. Okay. And, and so the fact that Sal, like he said, much like me, I like to be at games because I like to see what's right. there. He noticed that when he comes off the field, that there's nobody talking to him. Mm. That's not by design, right. right? They didn't say, hey, when Carson comes off the field, don't talk to him. Right. That's because they're not messing with him. Now, you could use a different word other than mess. Right. It's a four-letter one that goes perfect with that one. Gotcha. Um, They just not – and so they're looking at that. They're tired of him. They're tired of the excuses. They're tired of his play. They gave him this money a couple years ago, and he's not lived up to the bill. They certainly go back – and I know what's crazy is they go back in their minds and say to themselves – you helped us get the Super Bowl, but you didn't win the Super Bowl. Right. That guy is now in Chicago. So all of those sort of things start to play as a part of the next move that Doug Peterson might have to make, which is we gave you this money, but if you continue to play like this, we may have to go to another guy that's sitting behind you. Well, the thing is, too, from 2016 to 19, he ranked fifth in QBR outside the pocket. Right now he ranks close to last, which is it makes you think about moving outside the pocket injuries that he's had. Is he reluctant to be that player he was before? Sal talked about 
footwork. And think about how that translates to when you are actually clean in the pocket. You know, Sal gave the stat saying, look, 20% of his target throws uh, he's missed on. 15 of 20 of those targeted throws, he's had clean pocket. Clean pocket. So my thing is, if you're Doug Peterson, it's time for some mental Jedi mind tricks. It's time for some competition. Key, I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, Jalen Hurts, okay, let's get a snap under center. Yeah. Let's, start, let's use you for a series against the Bengals, especially if Carson Wentz isn't playing at a good level. Why I, not? I, I think that you, you, you look at that, but what happens is quarterbacks are very fragile. Oh, Key, and, I don't want to hear about being fragile. No, I'm saying quarter, quarterbacks are very fragile. That's, but, but we, we don't you, live in a – 2020 t- has not been a fragile I, type I of year. I understand that, but when you are willing to make that decision to change a quarterback and bench a quarterback and do some things – Andy Reid did it in 2008, okay, with Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb is built different than, than Carson Wentz, clearly. But when you make that decision to, to – start to play around with a quarterback, benching him, bringing him in, rotating him, things of that nature. If he's not strong, you just make – you might as well just pack it up. Well, is that a quarterback you want for the long – I know you gave him a contract, but, I mean, that submission of – Well, I mean, you got to know that before I, you give him the quarter, you, before you give him the contract, you got to know what you're dealing with. You can't just decide to give a guy a court, the, the money without understanding what the repercussions could be on the back end of things. I guess my question is, how long do you wait? How long do you wait to make that decision? So uh, I hear you you're saying he's might he might be fragile, but you know these are decisions that you had to factor into before you actually ultimately made the decision. Yeah, but are you or, but are you willing to move on from him when you make this decision? See, you move I'm, on from a guy that you just gave a bunch of money to. Now you setting your franchise up potentially for failure because if you if Jalen Hurts doesn't perform at the level in which you think he should be performing at, now uh oh. You you now got a quarterback that is like a you know just basically throw his hands in the sky. I just would be interested to see how Carson Wentz would respond if Jalen Hurts did get a snap under center, like did get a but, whole. But series. is he responding? Oh, you I'm you, just saying because sometimes I think competition can lift the spirit. But you it should happens, be able right? you should be able to respond to the criticism that you are hearing about your play and respond to your teammates and respond to the film that you're watching. You, it shouldn't take a player to come off the bench for you to be able to respond to that position and lift your team because much like Sal said, and you saw me put my hands up because I knew exactly what he was going to say. Goalposts. The first thing that you need to do as a quarterback is get your damn team into the end zone. But That's it, the number one thing. And if you're not doing that, then you're no good. But isn't it also the job of the quarterback that's like the job of a point guard? Isn't it to galvanize your team? I mean, that's – that's pretty. I can't galvanize a team that ain't fooling with me. I, I know. If that, I ain't well, fooling, that's exactly if I ain't what I'm fooling saying. with you, Jay Will, because of my play, I mean, because of your play, there's nothing you can do. Because if you haven't realized that I'm not dealing with you and you haven't changed your style of play to help us win games, then something's wrong. But that goes back to the part, Key, about mentally being tough. Like, I guess and I, it goes back to the part about mentally being tough. That's why I say you need to know. If you're going to bench him, mm. he's very fragile. Quarterbacks, again, are very sensitive. If you ever notice, when people say something about quarterbacks, the first thing they start doing is deflecting all of oh. you. If you ever look my, at QBs. My takeaway was wide receivers are a little bit sensitive, too. <laughs> no, why, we, tell <laughs> you, just, we tell you what the hell we think, okay. period. We open okay. our mouths. All we right. don't sit all quiet right. and idle. All right. One quick note. Think about this from an... <laughs> He's giving him a stare down. Yeah, He's oh, giving him hey, a stare down. Hey, now. 
6.50 a.m. stare down. I like icy. it. I got, icy. I got him going. I got him going. No, you ain't got me going. All I'm just I'm telling saying, you, when all... you say receivers are sensitive, no, we not. We just tell you what the hell we know. No, and you what can't make a blanket statement for every wide receiver. But all I'm saying, Key. No, I can. You know what? No. Uh, all I'm saying is if you owe the guy $100 plus million plus well, I don't I don't know exactly. You know, contracts are so weird. I, I, it, I know. It, but, but they owe him a lot of money. A lot of money. Okay, yeah, we'll right. leave it at that. A lot of money. If if we're having this conversation about a guy you owe a lot of money to being mentally fragile, that's really concerning for the Eagles moving forward. That's I'm really just, concerning. I'm just telling you, dog, when you see quarterbacks be benched, it's hard for them to come back and perform at the level that you think that they should be performing at. So if you're Doug Peterson, how long do you wait? So I mean, probably, I, me personally, I'll probably just ride it out the rest of the year. Rest of the year, because I'm not ready to make that defining moment in the in the franchise to make that change to a quarterback in Jalen Hurts unless I'm ready to move on from Carson Wentz, and I can't be ready to move on from him. I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that feel like in two games I got to bench a dude and start another guy. No, I'm, I'm not saying just, that. I'm not saying. I'm just saying if his play. I don't continue. even want to mess with his mentality. His mental. I don't want to fool with it. Okay, I'm gonna, I respect that. I'm gonna get his ass in the classroom. I'm gonna get him on the board. I'm gonna coach him up. And if he's not responding to the coaching, then at that point, I need to sit down with ownership, sit down with my staff, and figure out how to get the most out of him before I decide to say. He's not getting me fired. That I can't do it right now, though. I got to see it through a little bit longer before we make the decision. Now, you say, well, you're going down with the sinking boat. Yes, I. I at this point, I have, you have to. to. I have to. Wow. I can't just – I can't do it. it just, it's, it's, I got a kid that had no off-season conditioning. I mean, no training. No real training camp. But He's so, young. But, but so and now I every, have to change. But so is every other quarterback in this league. That's what I'm no, saying. No, young, no. Young. Okay. Young, not veteran. Young guy. Kyler Murray. J- no, Kyler Murray's system from last year. Jalen Hurts just got there. Jalen Hurts been with the team a few months. Oh, you're it's talking about, hard. Jill, yeah, I'm talking about Carson Wentz. So. No, okay. Carson Wentz. What I'm saying is it's hard for me to make a decision to insert Jalen Hurts into our offense not knowing if he's ready, not knowing if he's ready. I haven't seen enough of him in games or in practice to make that decision. I've seen enough of Carson to know that maybe there's some things that I could change as a coach to fix it. That's why I say utilize him in a, a series here or there, maybe. No, I mean, if, 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 why if, not? if like the defense this, warrants us yeah. to mixing things up, maybe That's we all can I was do saying. that. But I'm not ready to pull Carson Wentz. I, I didn't say I was ready to pull him. I'm just saying utilize him, create a little bit of that competitive spirit. Well, that won't, that's not going to create no competitive spirit. What, what you do is you do what the Baltimore Ravens did with Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. But they were ready to move on from Flacco. They were ready to move on. They was like, yeah, get that dude out of here. Mm. Even though they had paid him $100 million and he won a Super Bowl for him. It was like, it's time to go. We clearly see he can't play anymore. Right. He went to Denver, got injured, neck injury. Now he's on the Jets. Obviously, he isn't going to take a snap if everything works out with Sam Darnold. See, I knew he stared quick. at me. I know he's sensitive. <laughs> Keyshawn, tell me man, he shut up. Nobody's <laughs> see, sensitive. See, he tells me to shut up and just get so aggressive. Keyshawn J. Will Zimmer brought to you by Shell. Get more know. time to listen to our show by going to Shell and getting three things done at once. First, fill up with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus, then save up with the Fuel Rewards Program. Finally, snack up to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make. 
with Shell. Still to come, one team on Monday Night Football last night had Jay Will thinking, what if? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.